This is Sean Mandoli, and you're listening to the Hopeland Church Podcast. I hope you encounter God and walk in new levels of freedom as a result of listening to this message. Enjoy. What's up, Hopeland Church? Good to be here today, preaching the Word of God to you. I hope you're ready. Uh, Starting a new series, The Power of God, okay? We're gonna jump into the Word of God, and my prayer is that you receive the power of God through the Word of God, and um, that God gives you uh, revelation of His power this month, okay? So this is part one. Um, I hope you enjoyed uh, worship. and here we go, okay? So we're gonna dive right into this. I'm gonna share a lot of scriptures um, and we're gonna uh, just kind of really teach um, on just different words in the scriptures that are used, different Greek words in the New Testament when it comes to power, might, authority, and all that stuff. So we're really just gonna teach kind of on a comprehensive level today on the word power in the scriptures and how um, often it is in there. Okay. Um, and so I'm going to pray and then we're going to do this. So, uh, father, we thank you, Lord, today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for this moment. We thank you, Lord, that we can sit at your table, be fed spiritually. God, I pray that what people hear today empowers them in the spirit of God that strengthens them, that graces them to do life in the power of the Holy Spirit and through the power of the word of God and through the power of the gospel. So Lord, reveal this to us. Show us what your word says concerning your power. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Everybody said amen. All right, we're gonna jump right in. I'm just gonna kind of read, just share some of my notes here and then we're gonna go into really talking about three different words used in the scripture when, when the power the word power is used. Many times it's the word power, might, or authority, but there are three distinct words in the Greek. Many times the same word is used in English, but it is a totally different word um, in the Greek language, okay? Not totally different, but uniquely different when it comes to speaking of the power of God and how it is um, and what it means and, and why it's used in that context, okay? So here we go. So to truly know God, okay? I'm just gonna lay a little foundation here. To truly know God, and I know many of us know this, but just to encourage you and walk through this here as we jump into this new series. uh, To truly know God, we must know him in suffering and in power. That that is the, the nature of this world we live in, that we're gonna know him in suffering and we're gonna know him in power. And I don't have this specific scripture here in my notes, But Philippians chapter three, the apostle Paul said that his desire was that I might know him, the power of his resurrection, everybody say power, and the fellowship of his suffering, okay? So power and suffering. So we must know him, you know, in both the crucifixion and in the resurrection, okay? So this is part of knowing God. This is integral walking through suffering, walking through tribulation, walking through trouble, walking through 
uh, this world, right? And 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 what it and and what happens in this world on the negative side of things that will be a part of you knowing God. But also, we know Him in power. Okay, so we commune with Him in mourning and we encounter him in joy. So it's joy and mourning, all right? Can I get an amen out there? So intimacy with God in Christ is both gonna be in might and in struggle, in his mightiness and in and through the struggle of our humanity. It is both. So why am I saying all that? Because the reason... Um, I want to teach on this is because really at the core of the power of God is really an aspect of knowing who God is, okay? That we, if we don't know him in power at all, we don't know him, okay? Why? Uh, or, or we don't fully know him, okay? Because as the apostle Paul said, that I might know him, the power, the knowing him, the power of his resurrection. I'm telling you, the foundation of our faith is the resurrection. An integral piece of our faith uh, is the resurrection, right? I mean, that is everything. Um, so that, 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 that is connected to our eternity. It is connected to salvation. I mean, it's the resurrection, okay? He is a resurrected Savior, knowing Him in power, okay? And knowing Him in and through our struggles. So here we go. Um, the first Greek word, uh, we're going to look at is the Greek word kratos, okay? Kratos, all right, in the Greek. And I'm going to give you the definition of it here. But the word uh, kratos, it means exerted power. Okay, so this word is used 12 times in the New Testament, okay? It's the least used word of the word power in the New Testament, but it is used and it, it is significant. So it's exerted power, demonstrated power, or kind of power that has manifested. It is there, okay? It's where that the, a part of the word democratic, there's Greek, there's Greek in that word, democratic, cratic, the cratic part, kratos is power, okay? Demonstrated power. Or on a spiritual level, when it's speaking of God and his power, this is how uh, we define it here. It is real. It is real. It's not theoretical. It is real power. It is exerted power. We'll see in the scriptures of of why this word is used when it's mentioning the word power or might, because in context, it's showing God manifesting himself, showing himself strong, okay? And so it means real spiritual power actualized in this natural world. So, so in walking with God, this is a piece and a part and a huge element of how God operates, okay? So power, somebody say the power of God. All right, say this with me, say Kratos, okay? Kratos power, exerted power, demonstrated power, real spiritual power actualized in my life, okay? So here we go. Here's a couple verses, a couple verses, okay? We're gonna move kind of quick. But but Luke chapter one, verse 51, this is the song that Mary wrote, okay? After, you know, after the angel came to her and, you know, you shall be with child, how can this thing be, right? What's what's possible with What's impossible with man is possible with God. What, what is on you, Mary, is, is a holy thing, and you shall be with child. You shall call his name Jesus. Hallelujah. So there it is, right? So when she, was, she wrote this song after that encounter, 
And Luke 1, 51, in the, in the song she wrote, it says, he has shown strength. It's the word kratos. Everybody say kratos. He has shown strength with his arm. Okay, he has scattered the proud <clears throat> in the imagination of their heart. So if you look at the incarnation, at the, 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 the Bible says that she conceived the word that was spoken. Okay, the word of God, Christ in her, born of a virgin, right? The incarnation is a demonstration of the Kratos power of God, that God has shown his strength. She couldn't do it naturally. It was supernatural. It was not of man. It was not Christianity following Christ. It's not a religion. It is a relationship with God in Christ. And uh, the incarnation is the exerted power, the demonstrated power, real spiritual power actualized in Mary's womb. Somebody say Kratos power. Okay, so at the foundation of our faith, theologically our faith in Christ, we say that this, this God, the God, the Savior of the world was incarnated, not created, but incarnated. The incarnation is God's Kratos power at work. My first point, okay? I have a lot of points today because I'm gonna try to get through all of these Greek words, okay? But um, but God will demonstrate his power, okay? God will demonstrate his power. Okay, let's turn here. Acts chapter 19, verse 20. It's in the book of Acts. Uh, this is the power of God was moving at this point. The apostle Paul was part of the local church, a leader, traveling, preaching, teaching, discipling, and the power of God was flowing through these the, the early church. Every chapter in the book of Acts pretty much is showing some element of God's demonstrated power. But here's the word kratos used again. Um, and it says Acts in Acts 19, verse 20. So the word of the Lord grew mightily. Somebody say kratos and prevailed. So, so there it is. God's demonstrated power is the word of God um, was was growing mightily and being spread throughout the region and prevailing even in the midst of persecution that the word of God grew mightily. Once again, point number one, folks, God will demonstrate his power. All right, you're gonna get a lot of verses today, okay? I, I really wanna teach you this. We got, you know, all month to preach and teach on this and really... um and really go into it. And we're going to touch on these words all throughout the month, but I kind of wanted to just give, just go through it and kind of see that these different words are all throughout the scripture. And so here we go again, Ephesians chapter one, verses 19 to 20. Ephesians 1, 19 to 20. And uh, this was one of uh, the prayers that Paul prayed for the church in Ephesus. And verse 19, it says, and what, that he was praying that they would know that they would have the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened. And then verse 19, and, uh, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? This is my second point. God's power is toward us, okay? That we would know this, 
So this was a part of this is a part of knowing God is knowing Him in power. Um, I want to encourage you here. What is something practical? How do we? How is it we read these scriptures about power? Like how do we? How do we practically? You know, apply that or receive that. I'll, I'll, I'll say this right now. Uh, many times when it's speaking of the power of God, even the different versions of that word in the scripture, that the demonstration of it was in environments of faith where people believed, okay? And so, um, so here, it is, here it is correlating this to believe that, the, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us? Toward who? Those that believe. I want to encourage you practically say, God, you know, go to God and say, God, I believe in your power, God. I believe in your power. God, do something beyond, uh, bigger than, than my own limited thinking. God, don't, Lord, Lord, you know, even repent, right? Forgive me, God, for putting you in a box that, that, that my, my walk with you is all about me just knowing every little facet and I must be in control and know every little part of it. Like, we need to put our faith out there and say, God, we believe in your power. We believe in your power, uh, right? Let's not just read the word of God as this historical text and we say, wow, the power of God operated then. Um, no, it, his power is toward us. Toward who? Those that believe. Believe God for his power to operate in your life the exerted power, the demonstrated power, the real spiritual power actualized and manifesting in my life. His power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ. Look at when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. So the resurrection, the, the incarnation is... God's Kratos power manifesting. The resurrection is God's Kratos power manifesting. His exerted power. Like it, 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 there it is. It happened. That's God's power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. All right. Which he worked in Christ. Right. And the Bible says that the, the, the same spirit that raised Christ from, from the dead dwells in our mortal body. Hallelujah. Somebody say God's power is toward us. Say it again. God's power is toward us. His Kratos manifesting in our life. The power of God, the power of God. The power of God, God's spirit coming into our lives and we walking in the very power of God. So God's power, next, next point here, God's power is for us. God's power is for us. Ephesians 6, verse 10. God's power is for us. God's power is toward us. God's power is for us. Ephesians 6.10, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power, Kratos, of his might. We can't, it is for us. We can be strong in his power and his might. We can. Lord, right now, I just pray in the name of Jesus that those, uh, Lord, uh, here today, 
I pray in Jesus name that God, you would manifest your Kratos power in their life, your exerted power, the same power that that raised Jesus from the dead, that that the same spiritual power that was demonstrated in the incarnation. Father God, we thank you for the exerted power, the demonstrated power in people's lives, the real spiritual power of God in Christ happening in our life. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody say amen. Here we go. Here's the next word, the next uh, word. We're going to go into depths of these throughout this month, but we're just kind of want to get them all out there. But dunamis, all right? D-U-N-A-M-I-S, dunamis power. This word is used 120 times in the New Testament. How many of you know that this is important? And most of the times it's used, obviously because the Gospels obviously are the, all four of the largest portion, if you will, the Gospels of the Old Test of the New Testament, but it's mostly used in, in reference to Christ and the power he had. And then, the, and then the letters, it's talking about that same power in us. So this word dunamis in the Greek means this, inerrant power. Power residing in a thing by virtue of its nature. So we're talking about the power of God. So Kratos is exerted, manifested. It's actually happening. Dunamis is inerrant. It's part of God's nature. This is who God is. He's a dunamis God. He's the all-powerful, almighty God. He is the dunamis God. Power residing in a thing by virtue of its nature that we know God in power because he is all power, all right? So, or which, here's, a, here's part of the definition, or which a person or thing exerts and puts forth. Power for performing miracles. Uh, moral power, I love that, moral power. The dunamis is the power of the Holy Spirit that empowers us to overcome sin, empowers us to resist temptation, empowers us to live right, empowers us in the Spirit by the Holy Ghost, empowers us to be faithful, empowers us to continue on our call with God, the Holy Spirit power. So, or a thing, you know, so, or, or which a person or thing exerts and puts forth power for performing miracles, okay? Um, moral power and excellence of soul. Isn't that powerful? Uh, the, the word dunamis means excellence of soul. That, that the power of God will bring in excellence to your life. Uh, that that, that it will distinguish you from the rest, the power of God. Miraculous power or actually, or a miracle itself, right? Um, dunamis, miracle. It's also another word used miracle. It's interesting that when speaking of the gifts of the spirit, it says, you know, to one given gifts of healings and the one working of miracles, it's the word working of dunamis. So it's, it's correlated to this word power that God will put a spiritual gift in somebody and that gift will operate and through that person, miracles will happen. Hallelujah, isn't that awesome? And then another uh, portion of scripture where it correlates spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians, these aren't in my notes, okay? So I'm just saying this right now, it's just in my spirit. But uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 28 says, first God placed in the church, first apostle, second prophet, after that teachers, you know, uh, gifts of healings, administrations, 
and miracles and dunamis. So dunamis is not only the power of the Holy Spirit within us, but it also is used, that same word is used when it's speaking of miracles happening in and through us. I'm telling you right now, how do I do this? What is my first step in this, Pastor Sean? I'm gonna tell you right now, ask God, believe God. Tell him, God, I believe in miracles. Come on, you know, discipline yourself, be faithful, uh, work hard. Um, you know what I'm saying? Do all that character stuff. And, and in the midst of that, be like, God, I believe in miracles. Lord, I, I'm, I'm expecting miracles in people's lives, in people's bodies. It's sickness or disease, and I'm expecting miracles. When anybody asks for a miracle, that's where my prayer starts. Lord, we're believing for a miracle. Why? It's who God is. He is the dunamis God. Hallelujah. Okay, so here we go. This is powerful, powerful right here. Mark chapter five, verse 29 to 30. So this is the story of a woman with the issue of blood. She had an issue of blood. She was bleeding. She had a flow of blood for 12 years. Sure, Jesus was coming around. She got out there. She found him, pressed through the crowd. Verse 29, she touches him. She reaches, she's like, man, if I could just touch him. All kind of people were touching him, but she touched him different. Okay, so verse 29, after she touched him, all kind of people were pushing on him. But when she touched him, something happened. Verse 29, Mark 5, 29, immediately the fountain of her blood or the flow of her blood was dried up. Somebody say dunamis, miracle, okay, uh, was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. Verse 30, and Jesus immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? All right, let's read Mark 5, verse 30 once again. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turning around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? Once again, all kinds of people were touching him but power came out of him. What was that? That word in the Greek is dunamis. It is inherent power. It is, it is who God, it is part of his nature. It is who he is. And this woman's faith pulled out God from Christ, pulled Christ. It literally, her faith reached out and drew from Christ's nature. Dunamis. And what happened? A miracle that this is in the nature of God. This is why we know God in power because it's who he is. It is in his nature. We can't truly know God fully without knowing him in power because it's part of his nature. So church, let's do this. Let this be your prayer. God, I believe in you. You are all-powerful, almighty. You are dunamis. I believe who you are. So God, I am believing. I My faith is expectant for you to show yourself in my body, in my mind, in my soul, in every facet of my life that you are who you say you are. You are dunamis. God, I invite and welcome you to operate and manifest yourself and your nature in and through me in power. All right, somebody say dunamis. 
So once again, we have access to the power of God. We have access. Check this out. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 11. All right. We have access to the power of God. It says here, by faith, Sarah herself also received strength. What? What's that? Dunamis. Received it. The woman with the issue of blood received it, pulled it out. Her faith reached out. There was something in her faith that that she was, all kind of people were touching him, but they weren't extracting dunamis from him per se. Not extracting because it didn't take anything away from Christ, but she got a piece of him. His nature came into her body and healed her. Hallelujah. We can believe for healing. We can believe for deliverance. We can believe that strongholds are broken, issues are dried up, uh, any kind of demonic attack against you. Because of God's dunamis power, we can believe that the power of the enemy is broken through the power dunamis of who God is. So by faith, Sarah also herself also received dunamis to conceive seed. And she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. I'm telling you right now, your faithfulness to God, your faithfulness to God, your faith, this this woman with issue of blood, her faith grabbed a hold of Jesus, touched his garment and pulled, um, some versions say virtue. You look it up, it's dunamis. It's dunamis power that came in, into her body. Hallelujah. All right. God will demonstrate his power. God's power is toward us. God's power is for us. And we have access to the power, the dunamis of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I'm telling you right now, believe God for power. Believe God for Kratos' power to be manifested in your life. Believe God that his dunamis power will be imparted into you and you would receive that in every issue of your life. Hallelujah. The power of God. This is who he is. This is who he is, church. We, we, we want to be a believers. We want to be faith-filled. We want to be uh, like that woman, man, pressing through the crowd to lay hold of Jesus and receive dunamis from him. His power had gone out of him. Wow. Hallelujah. Come on now. Come on now, somebody. I believe you. there's people out there. You need the dunamis of God in some area of your life. Say, God, I receive it. I receive strength. Just like Sarah. I re- she received strength to, to conceive seed. I received strength to fulfill what you have said, God. See, she needed dunamis to fulfill what God said. God said it, but she had to receive his nature. And, and there's things God has said. There's things God has prophesied. There's things God has given you dreams about. God has given you visions about. God has spoken to you prophetic utterances through the written word, through the spirit of God speaking to you. God has told you things of what he's going to do. He has given you promises. And I'm here to tell you right now, we got to be like Sarah and receive that dunamis the nature of who our God is into our being, receive it into every facet of our life so we can fulfill and live out what God has said. God told them this and they thought it was over. 
But once they receive dunamis, come on somebody, once they received the nature of God, once they began to truly believe in God, of who he is, what he said he is, I'm telling you, we, we want dunamis operating in our life. Don't allow your pragmatic um, mind or your intellect to get into the way of your faith in God for miracles, right? Uh, nowhere in scripture does it say to throw out our intellect and to not educate ourselves. That, I mean, and to plan and to do practical things. I believe scripturally those things are a part of walking with God. But this month we're talking about the power of God. So let's not allow religion or what we've been told or what people say or what other even potentially Christ followers may say to you that is contrary to believing for God's miracle working power in your life. Power to destroy the devil. Power to, to destroy every curse, right? Power, dunamis power, God's inerrant nature to come in our life and destroy every vexation from the evil one. Any kind of past sins we were involved in, that, that the power of God in our life to deliver us and heal us. Hallelujah. Somebody say this when we say, God, I want your Kratos power. And I want your dunamis power operating in and through my life. Hallelujah. Here we go. Here we go. Let's go on to the next one. So we talked about kratos. We talked about dunamis. And now we're just going to talk about another word, exousia. Okay. It's, it's a Greek word. It's, it's used of power. Mostly, most of the time in scripture, it's using the word authority. But at times it'll say power. But it's really the Greek word exousia. Okay. So exousia. Um, I'll spell it E-X-O-U-S-I-A, exousia. And this is the definition. This is a unique definition. If you look at Kratos and Dunamis, they're kind of, they can kind of be correlated a little bit. They're not so different. This one is, is uniquely different from them. Um, but, it, but it is the power of God in our life. And here it is. It's the power of authority, okay? It's really the word authority, um, and this is used a lot in the Gospels when the, the, the religious people would question Jesus and they would say, to what authority are you doing this? Or he was a man that spoke with authority, right? It's the word exousia. So it's the power of authority and influence. The authority that gives one a certain right, a right or privilege. The authority uh, to decide, Okay. Uh, legislate and rule. The authority to decide, legislate, and rule. To enact on a spiritual level, kind of getting ahead of myself, but I'll say this just because that this is the definition is that we can enforce the, the law of God, the word of God um, over our life. We can enforce what God has said. We, we have that authority. We have that exousia in Christ to, to rule that we are a holy nation, Christ followers, the church, a royal, royal priesthood that we have been given in Christ, dominion, authority over the devil, okay? And really, in essence, what this is, is delegated authority. It is not of us and from us. It is given to us. So this exousia is authority. It's right. It's privilege. It's delegated authority, okay? So this word is used 
in the Bible, the New Testament, 104 times. So among the three Greek words we used when reference to power, um, uh, exousia, dunamis, and kratos, well over 200 times it is used in the New Testament alone, okay? So exousia, okay? Here's my next point. Spiritual power is a gift from God. I'm going to say it again. Spiritual power is a gift from God. And right now when we're speaking of spiritual power, um, we're, we're speaking of authority, we're speaking of exousia, we're speaking of this delegated right, this authority, this right we have. I'm telling you right now that many believers um, in my walk with God, on my journey with God, this is something I, I, I feel the devil has attempted to steal from believers. And, and I think we have, even in, even in the church and in, 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 in Christian community, there, there's this unhealthy um, sin consciousness and this consciousness um, that is kind of can be overwhelming when it's of our humanity. And I believe with all of my heart that we need to be honest about where we are and honest with our humanity and our issues. Um, uh, and I, and I, those of you that know me, those of you that would call this your, your church home, you, you, I think you would know that, that I, I, I personally, um, desire and, and it's, and, and, and live out, uh, even in my preaching and teaching that to, to just be honest. And, and, and I think, I believe that that is part of, that is a huge part of our walk with God. Um, but sometimes, uh, when we don't know our right and our authority given to us in Christ, Sometimes we can get lost in just our humanity. I mean, we have faith in Christ. We're going to go to heaven. We're walking with God. But, 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 we, but we, in that, we don't have a revelation of the authority we are responsible to exercise and live out and enforce against the devil. That in this word, exousia, used, over a hundred times in the New Testament. It speaks of the authority given to the church. And I don't mean the organization, I mean the body of Christ, I mean Christ followers. And there's an authority in Christ we have uh, given to us in prayer, through prayer, through the preaching of the word, that there is an authority we have. It is a right, it is a privilege. And, it, and, and this revelation will give you confidence of who you are in Christ. So this isn't from us, it's not from our humanity, it's from Christ. And so we need to be more Christ conscious than human conscious when it comes to operating in our authority because I don't do this in my humanity. I don't do this in my personality. It's not my personality. It's not my, it's not my gifts, it's not my talents. It's not my natural worldly success. This confidence is from Christ. It is delegated. It is given. Okay, so we're going to look at this. Once again, spiritual power is a gift from God. It's a gift from God. It is given to the church. It is given to those that have turned to Christ, repented of their sins, received him as Lord, accepted him as Lord and walking with him. I'm telling you, this is a right. This is given 
And so we need to then receive it and walk in it. So here, <clears throat> I'm just gonna share a few scriptures on this. And uh, hopefully, that as we continue in this series, we'll, we'll dive a little deeper in these. But here it is. Say it when we say exousia. Look at the person next to you and tell them, I got some exousia, right? I got some exousia, okay? So this is much, I'm gonna read these verses, but let me share this just to provide an example here. So like a police officer does not have the inerrant power to stop a car going 80 miles an hour. Am I right? I don't care who it is, unless you're the Terminator. But even the Terminator got jacked up when he got hit by a car, right? So it's not power, it's not dunamis, you know, that, that a police officer has. And it's not um, Kratos, right? This, 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 this um, exerted power that he's just like, can stop it, right? He's not an X-Man, one of the X-Men. He's not a superhero. He's not Superman, right? But what does he have? Like, how can a cop do that, right? And what it is, it's, it's exousia, right? A police officer doesn't have the innate, inerrant power to stop a car in traffic, but he does have the authority to, right? It's delegated. It's, he's got the badge, right? And so that's why it's so important, even as Christ followers, and that's where when people talk about abuse of power, they're really talking about abuse of authority because they've been given this delegated authority that gives them a right and a privilege that others don't have. Like I can't go in there and start directing traffic with my black t-shirt on and I got my green beanie. People are gonna be like, what, who is this crazy, weird white person? White dude, I, like, you know what I mean? Like, what, what is going on? Uh, what, like, you know, I, with a whistle, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what is, you know, um, and you can even look at it as like a crossing guard, right? Like. If just some random person went out there with a stop sign and stopped, like, you'd be like, what are you doing? But when you see little kids and they got that little vest on, the little, you know, the little reflector vest and all that, you're like, okay, you know, that's a crossing guard. They don't have the power, but they have the authority. All right, so here we go. Let's look at some verses. John chapter 1, verse 12. Uh, John chapter 1, verse 12. But as many as received him, have you received Jesus? Can I get a yes out there? Ha, yes, but as many as received him, who received him? Received, received Jesus. To them, he gave the right, the exousia, the authority to become, the privilege to become children of God. Have been given legislative decree, decreeing, declaring type power the right to become children of God. To those who, who's this for? To those who believe. Here it is. There's a correlation in scripture to authority operating in your life, the power of God manifesting in your life, the nature of God, the dunamis of God coming into your life. It's, there's a correlation with that and faith and believing. All right? The Bible says, and I may have said this earlier, I'm not sure, I don't know if I did in my study and it might've just been in my mind, I don't know if I said it, but Jesus could do no mighty work there. No mighty work, power, could do no mighty work, miracle, because of their unbelief. I'm telling you, power isn't just about a certain way of being a Christian, a certain way of doing church, a certain camp, a certain kind of, you know, certain Christian group, it's for those that believe God. That's who, that's who, what power is for. 
to those who believe in his name. Simple. All right, here's another one. Here's another one real quick. We're talking about exousia. Exousia. Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10, verse 1. Let's look at this. Matthew 10, 1. This is powerful, guys. Exousia. And when he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power. This is the New King James power. What is it? Exousia, authority, right, and privilege. What? What kind of right, privilege, and power did he give his disciples? He gave them power over unclean spirits. Authority. Not inerrant power in themselves, not, not because of whatever, not because of their humanity. No, it is delegated. In Christ, we have delegated authority over devils. We, we have authority over them. We, we command them to lead, they must go. We cast them out, they must come out. We, we resist them when they tempt us. We, 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 we command them to leave. We, we bind them, we declare them, declare them. That's what the word bind means. Might get into this a little later this month. But Jesus said, whatever you bound on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. He's speaking of prayer. That word bind is not to tie up. It's a, it's a vocal word. It's a verbal word. And it means to declare unlawful. You can't operate in this house. You can't operate in my marriage. You can't operate in my children. I exercise my exousia in Christ. Devil, get out. So it says that he gave them power over, over unclean spirits, the devil's under our feet, to cast them out. So we have uh, power, authority, exousia over devils. We're over them because of Christ. They're under our feet and we cast them out. We cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. We can, in Christ, pray for the sick, pray for healing, pray for miracles. It's not my emotion. It's not how loud I pray. It's the authority given. It's authority. It's delegated in Christ. I have authority. In the name of Jesus, devil, get out. In the name of Jesus, demon, get out. Night terrors, go. I'm gonna sleep sweet tonight. No, no nightmares, no demonic activity, no devil or demon is gonna trespass in my dreams, in my sleep. I'm gonna sleep sweet. I'm gonna sleep sound. Devil, get out. I take authority over you, over you. That's the language here in the scripture, over. Authority over, privilege over, unclean spirits. Come on now, delegated authority over the devil. I'm not under him, he's under me. I'm not coming underneath his authority. I'm not coming underneath his temptation. No, devil, get under my feet. I cast you out. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. All right. Hallelujah. Let's go. I'm going to read one more verse, but let's let's go back here. Let's, let's look at these points again. Once again, talking about authority, right? Uh, we're talking about Kratos exerted power, Kratos power. God will demonstrate his power. God's power is toward us. God's power is for us, right? Hallelujah. Dunamis, right? We have access to the power of God. All right? Hallelujah. And exousia, to delegate authority, spiritual power is a gift from God. All right, our last verse here. And this is, this is exousia here, okay? Uh, Luke chapter 10, verse 19. I'm telling you, with respect to this message, this sermon series, if, there, if there's one verse in particular 
that I would encourage everybody out there to memorize, get it in your spirit, know this verse, know where it is, Luke 10, 19, know what it says, okay? Because this is it, this is the power of God, okay? In, 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 uh, in us and for us as Christ followers. So here it is, Luke 10, 19, behold, this is Jesus, the words of Jesus. I give you the authority, the exousia. I give, give you, it's received. It's not from us, it is given. We receive it though. This is why uh, Christians don't operate in authority because they, don't, they haven't received it. Um, and I believe it's, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not looking down on them at all. I'm not, this isn't a condemning thing. This is just, um, maybe they haven't been taught. Right? Maybe they maybe they maybe they're ignorant because they just haven't been taught. They haven't seen this. That this is this word, my goodness, over a hundred times in the New Testament, 104 times this Greek word is used. Okay? And sometimes these words, just so you know, right? Sometimes these words are used in reference to the enemy and the devil. But when it's used, it's always used in the viewpoint that we've been given authority over their power, right? So, so this, this word, these words sometimes are interchangeable because it can be used in a wrong way, right? The, 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 the exousia can, is, can be where we give the devil authority. We are, sin and habitual sin can open the door to the devil. That's why the Bible says, do not give the devil a foothold. Don't allow him to get his foot in the door of your life, the Bible also correlates, it says sin, right, lies at the door. So, um, so there's things we, we need, in this, in this series, I encourage people, man, if there's anything in your life, any kind of sin, any kind of um, thing that is totally, um, you know, it's just not of God, any kind of habit, any kind of open door to the enemy, any kind of, um, I don't know. It could be, you could, um, you know, I don't, hopefully not, but I, I might use an extreme example, but just these things are open doors. Like if somebody out there, you, uh, you know, you're going to see a psychic or you're doing, uh, you know, and people in your family are bringing you into, you know, and you're, you're getting involved in, in some type of addiction. You're coming to church or you're list, you're watching online, but you still got some sin um, in your life you know, behind closed doors and you, and you, and, and you know, like, man, I need to get out of this. I'm encouraging you. Let this be the moment for you that you uh, receive your authority in Christ and take authority over the devil and over that stuff. All right. And start putting that stuff to laying that stuff to rest, putting that stuff on the altar. I don't know whatever and wherever you, and whatever you're doing that you know is, is opening the door to the enemy. Take your authority back in Christ, all right? So here it is, Luke 10, 19. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over, over, somebody say over, over, over all, over all, over all the power of the enemy, overall the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. We in Christ have been given delegated authority. This authority, this spiritual power is a gift 
from God. But we have to receive it, accept it, and exercise it. Enact it. Open up your mouth in your prayer and declare who you are in Christ and declare and speak to any kind of temptation, any kind of sin or devil that's trying to gain access into your life. Say, no, I have authority over you. I trample you under my feet in the name of Jesus. Come on now, hallelujah. All right, I hope this was encouraging to you. I wanna pray for you uh, now. Um, I want you to take these verses. There are so many verses. I mean, I just mentioned how many times these words are in the Bible. We're not gonna be able to get through all of them uh, this month. We will not be able to do this. Uh, but, but, um, but, but hopefully it can just give you something, okay? I, I'm believing for your healing. I'm believing for your deliverance. I'm believing for spiritual breakthrough. I'm believing for healing in your soul, healing in your emotions. I'm believing for purity um, and power to operate in and through you as a result of this sermon series this month. Let me pray for you. Father, I just thank you, Lord, for everybody. I pray in the name of Jesus. Father God, that, that even through this, the word being preached and taught, they receive impartation and revelation of the power of God of the dunamis power of God, the inerrant nature of Christ in us, the power that is in Christ. Father God, the kratos, the exerted power, the power that is demonstrated in our life, the exousia, the kratos, the dunamis power. I pray in the name of Jesus that Lord, everybody that's part of our community online, I pray in the name of Jesus that they would operate in the power of God like never before, that they would experience and see the fruit of operating and exercising their authority in Christ. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we break the power of every devil. We drive out every demon. We take authority and trample under our feet. Father, every scorpion and serpent, and we exercise our authority over all the power of the enemy, we drive him out and we pray, Lord, let the gospel and the light of your word expose the works of darkness. We speak every uh, to every demonic temptation and activity in people's life. We command it to go. We bind it and declare it unlawful in the name of Jesus. And we loose and declare lawful the spirit of God the authority of who they are in Christ, revelation of Jesus and the glorious gospel to be flowing and operating in and through people's lives. In the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you, God, that you show your strength to us. You manifest who you are, oh God, in and through our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. I hope you enjoyed the message. And my prayer is that you will change your world as a result. If you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our weekend gatherings. And don't forget to follow us on social media. Peace.